You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Evening. David Hall. Hi guys, stopping in for a short drop, can't stay long. Greg Hectus. Hey everyone. Mason Stiver. Hey guys. Will Gibson. Hey, I'm back again. And special guest Keegan Leahy. Yeah, Leahy, close. Leahy. <laughs> Pleasure to be here, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming. Now, today's special guest segment brought to you by Sim Lab Racing Sim Products. Sim Lab provides quality sim racing chassis to suit your sim racing needs. Check them out at sim lab.eu. David, you got yours. Yeah, it finally came in. They kept running into a manufacturing error with the base. Uh, got it working. Went put uh, put it all together. Uh, put, produced a bunch of videos with it, time lapse, and I get to the putting the the wheelbase part together, and one of the holes is misaligned. Um, so it was definitely a frustrating day, but I got it up and I got it running. Uh, so the delay in that one little design was uh, was a little frustrating, but the good news was they stayed in contact with me and kind of kept me updated the whole time. So would I buy from them again? Probably, yeah. And I'm definitely happy with the product, and I love how uh, how much more comfortable it is having having the, all of that stability and that, the pedals not moving around on you, the seat being at the right angle. It's really nice. Good to hear. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into uh, Keegan. Thanks for coming on. We're trying to get all the the peak drivers on this year and talk to everybody. And of course we want to get you, you are the points leader. So congratulations on that. But uh, before we get into peak, let's talk about how did you get started? When did you first hear the word iRacing and what did you do about it? Ooh, well, that was a while ago. Um, well, I guess I kind of just slowly got into it. Really. I can't really pinpoint an exact moment where I was like, Oh, that looks cool. Um, I just kind of, heard about it kind of related to nascar a bit uh, i was a really big nascar fan then still am and i guess i just saw some youtube videos realized i would really like to get into it um i was actually a big forza player back then i think it was forza 4 at the time and the next gen xbox was coming out and my wheel wasn't compatible for it so i kind of realized i had to look for a new racing sim uh, unless I wanted to buy a whole new wheel and then get into the next-gen consoles. And, you know, I wanted to upgrade my PC at the same time anyway because I was playing League of Legends and some shooters. And, yeah, it was just... I was like, whoa, iRacing, that looks awesome. I really want to get into this. I want to race competitively. i got to get into this uh, Peak Series, whatever that is. <laughs> Took a little longer than I thought, but, um, yeah, goals came true. All right, very good. So we know you run the Peak Series, which is like every other week, uh, and there's a lot of practice and whatnot for that. But what else are you racing? Uh, other series, uh, official, league, anything hosted? Yeah, there's you got to put a ton of time into these Peak Series races. Usually, I'd say I'm spending about 20 or 30 hours average just in preparation for these biweekly races. Uh, I do a few official races. I haven't done any really recently. Um, leagues, not so much either. Uh, I was in maximum velocity back when that was a thing. Uh, that was really fun. It was like a fixed truck series, but, uh, nothing right now. I'm kind of just focusing on peak and doing the odd fun race here and there maybe. And, uh, 
tried to do some time attack stuff as well on the roadside, but I need to put a ton of time in to be competitive for that. Right, right. All right, let's talk about your hardware setup. What do you got for pedals and wheel and uh, monitors, or is it VR? Yeah, I got triple monitors and uh, the I'm beta beta testing the VRS wheel, uh, Direct Drive Pro or Direct Force Pro, and I have a G29 pedal set still. So uh, all through last year, I was just on a single monitor setup, 60 hertz, 1080p. I had a G29 wheel that was on the fritz. Um, still using those G29 pedals today. And yeah, I upgraded pretty recently. Had to put a whole new rig together because these direct drive wheels are really, really shaky. You have to kind of mount your monitors separately too, unless you want to have a lot of shaking. And uh, it's, it's a huge upgrade. Um, I don't know if it increased my performance level or not, but it's certainly way more immersive. And it's really fun for people trying my rig for the first time because it's not like they're sitting in this awkward chair with one monitor that's sort of far away and like distorted field of view um, with a, a like a kind of weaker wheel that I'm worried about them breaking. Now I'm worried about breaking them with my crazy direct drive. Right. Yeah, that uh, wheel, we've heard a lot about it, and uh, it'll be exciting when we get it out uh, for the public there. Uh, tell us, let's jump forward to the, the peak stuff a little bit, and, and let's talk about the beginning of the year. Uh, I saw your Facebook post like in this, you know, late December, and you were excited about this draft and what they were going to be doing and stuff. But anyway, the, tell us about the draft, and, and you, how did you feel when you got picked? by G2 Esports. Did you even know what G2 Esports was at that moment? Uh, tell us about how did that go down? Okay, so I, I definitely knew about G2 because, like I said, I, I played League of Legends um, a long time ago, and I still play it. And G2 is huge in League of Legends. Um, they're also a part of Counter-Strike and Rainbow Six and Rocket League and all these huge esports games. So uh, I've definitely been a fan of them. I knew about them for a long time. Um, honestly, I wasn't sure what to think about being drafted by them. I was kind of like hoping for like a, a lower, like a lower, uh, level team where they're just getting into esports, um, maybe a NASCAR team, something like that. I wasn't sure about being involved in a huge organization because I already have partners. I already have, uh, people I'm working with and I was kind of worried I'd be, you know, assimilated into this huge organization, but they've been like so accommodating, um, proud to say, I think I'm part of them too, and yeah, it was it was just way better than I expected, and I'm loving it. Yeah, I personally had not heard about G2 uh, before the draft, and obviously looked into them, and yeah, they are big in online gaming out there in all the different games, you know. Um, and now, you know, obviously uh, got you guys with the sim racing, so that's pretty cool. Uh, let's talk about the the finishes and. And when I looked through your finishes and peak, and I wrote them down here, I'm going to read them off. Third, fifth, second, second, third, 34th, 29th, first, fourth, first, and 20th. And I put you top five of them to death. Uh, and, uh, you know, at one point early in the year, I was saying you were the hottest driver in the series. So tell us about how your season has gone so far. Uh, you had a couple tough weeks at Talladega and Kansas, but other than that, I mean, it's been a pretty good year. 
Yeah, I was getting a little bit frustrated for those first few races because, like you said, top five of them to death. But it took me it took me a long time to get my first win. Um, I, I came really close a few of those races. I was side by side with um, who was it? I think uh, it was Ryan Luza for Texas, I believe. I think he won Texas, and then Auto Club. I almost uh, beat Eric J Smith at the line, but both of them just barely edged me out. Got a got a third place in there somewhere again. That could have been a win as well, but you know I broke through finally. Uh, they were probably the two most boring races of the of the season so far, I think. But uh, you know at least I won them. And then yeah, this last race finished twentieth. It's like middle of the road. It's it's pretty much top five or wreck for me normally. So it was really weird battling in the middle of the pack. I'm not used to that. All right, very good. Uh, tell us about the package difference, the NASCAR package difference with the tapered spacer, and has that played into your hand this year, uh, or not, or uh, how? How? What do you think of it? Um, anything that shakes up the field, I think, plays into my hand because um, you know I like to say I'm a pretty decent driver, but definitely my strength is in like adapting to changes and like making setups and stuff. So. Anytime there's like a new way of doing things, a new way of going fast, um, I usually try to find it first. Or if I don't find it first, I like to optimize it first. So, you know, I get the odd race here and there where it's like a really weird track or right after a new build. Um, and sometimes like our team, we just hit on it and we're clear of the field. And that's pretty much how it was for Charlotte. That's how it was for Chicago. Um, those were the ones that I won. Um and, you know, hopefully there'll be a few more of those tracks coming up. Now, this racing in particular, I don't think it's, like, too... Most people don't really like it because it's really a draft lock. And it's really hard to differentiate yourself from other drivers. It's really hard to make up the difference. But uh, I kind of like that because it's more about racecraft and strategy and your setup building. So it plays into my strengths, and I'm still able to, like, differentiate myself and be clear of the field once in a while when we get it all right. Okay, very good. I was just looking at your profile, uh, your overall iRacing winning percentage, 22% on oval. That's a really good number, so congratulations on that. Let's talk about points. Uh, looking at the enascar.com, uh, Peak Antifreeze uh, Series standings, you are leading the points uh, with your two wins uh, by over Ryan Michael Luza, who's also been really hot this year. Uh Looks like eight points, uh, and Blake Reynolds, Garrett Lowe, Zach Novak, and so forth. How do you feel going into the playoffs, and what do you think about this playoff format? Is it going to suit you? Uh, not really, honestly. I kind of like the long grind where um, like if you do a bunch of races, then the luck kind of sorts itself out. But with only four races in the playoffs, um, it's going to be all, all about getting those finishes and not having those oddball crashes or mistakes ruin your whole series um that's kind of what helped happen to me last time i was again in contention for the regular season championship last year and i finished seventh and that's just because didn't quite have the pace that we had at the start of the year um didn't have the luck for sure and yeah i kind of i just want to get to homestead and have a shot at it that's my goal right now i know a lot of say that but um, that's really how it is. You got to make it there first. And even though I'm leading the regular series championship, there's th still three races to go. Um, I think it's three and I got to still make it into the playoffs. Cause if I wreck these next three races, you know, it's no guarantee I make it. 
Yeah, and anything can happen. Uh, you know, you look at some of the luck of some of the other drivers, but you've had a really good year uh, overall. Now, next, uh, we asked this week for our t uh, listeners to send in Twitter questions for you. So I'm going to go through some of those. Uh, Brent McCoy, 17, on Twitter, uh, asked a serious question about your VRS. Now, VRS is Virtual Racing School. You uh, work with them, and you're the uh, driving coach, and you also help develop some of the sets there. His question is, what's the number one thing you've taken away learning or learned from VRS since joining that team? And what would you recommend new users of VRS to focus on in regards to setup building for the cup car? Okay, so yeah, VRS Virtual Racing School, I do the data packs for a few of the series on iRacing here. Uh, setup's just one part of it. We do uh, we do like tutorial videos and I publish uh, data like telemetry and lap times for people to, to work off of. And that's exactly what I needed when I first started out. Um, trying to get better. I was always asking the best drivers for their replay or their telemetry. And obviously that's really hard to come by, but um, the odd time uh, people like uh, people that's people that jump out at me, um, Sasha Wessler helped me a lot. He probably doesn't even remember, um, but I asked him a few questions when I was first getting into the series and he helped me out a lot with setups. Taylor Hurst did a lot too. I haven't talked to him too much recently, but um, he was a big part of it, me making a jump um, to being competitive. And that's kind of what you need. You just need to see what you're doing different from people. And that's what you should do if you have VRS. You need to figure out how uh, how I'm driving differently or whoever uh, whoever's making that data pack. And um, with setup building, you got to like kind of lose your biases, if that makes sense. Because like, so many people that I talk to, they have these pre preconceived ideas. Um, I don't know, maybe like with tire pressure or trying to get like the temperatures balanced across the front tires or something like that. All this stuff changes every build. So you need to be adaptive and you need to change with what's fast right now. So you need to find what's fast and then optimize around it. And that's how you make a really good setup nowadays. Now, what have I learned personally from VRS? I can't really say I've improved too much as a driver from it, um, except being able to compare with my teammates. So that's just like, a, you, you know, I can use my teammates as a crutch and uh, use their data. But um, what's what VRS has really been doing for me is being able to talk to a camera because I record these videos. And if you go back and look at my old ones, I was just absolutely terrible. Um, <laughs> I just never really done anything like that before. And even talking like this with you guys, I probably wouldn't be able to do it like nearly to the level that I am right now. I'm not saying I'm great at it, but um, you know, I'd, I'd have trouble getting my my ideas out. I'd have trouble speaking clearly and doing those videos, recording them. It's so much good practice, and that's really helping me. All right, very good. Uh, yeah, you don't know, get better at public speaking and that yeah, kind of exactly. thing. Uh, Especially, build. I'm hoping to be a meteorologist one of these days, so I uh, definitely need some of that public speaking skills. Well, there you go. Okay, uh, other Twitter uh, Twitter people asking questions. We got Eric J. Smith, actually. He said, how efficient are you building setups on a scale of 1 to 10? <laughs> well, it looks like he uh, out-setuped me at one of those races, because he's one of those guys that I was side-by-side -side for the finish for, and uh, he, he beat me and got his first peak win. And that was only the second race of the season, I think. Um, but
But yeah, efficiency, that's the name of the game, especially if you only have a fixed amount of time to be working on these setups. So like I said, I probably spend over 20 hours a week, or not a week, uh, per race at least, um, on these setups. And you don't want to be going circles, and you don't want to spend five hours and get nowhere. That's frustrating for you. Uh, it's a waste of time. You're not really improving. But, um, you know, I'd rate myself an 8 or a 9. Definitely not a 10, because you can always improve, and that's uh, that's half of what being efficient is, is improving yourself, not just the setups. So, yeah, I'd give myself a solid rating. Yeah, yeah, setup's really big in the Peak Series, it seems like, so... All right, next up, Hammer Johnny J said, is Bobby Zielinski flying through the air gif slash song from Peak, your favorite Peak moment? <laughs> I think I know what the one he's talking about is. That's the one where um, he crashed and flew up in the air, and then somebody did that. Uh, somebody cropped out his car and like did that flipping through space meme thing. I don't right. know if anyone's seen that. Anyway, yeah. it's, it's a good meme. Okay, sure, but <laughs> I've seen better. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, pretty funny to see uh, Bobby get airborne. All right, and then we got uh, none other than L. Clamp at 44. He said, hey, Keegan, can you teach me how to drive Pocono? I know you won there last year. Maybe help out with a set as well. That would be great. Oh, he's got as good of a chance of beating me at Pocono as I have of him. So, uh, man, you can sign up for a VRS coaching session, and I'll get right to that. <laughs> There you go, Logan. So uh, get on that, Logan. You're running a P13 in points. So uh, get out there. And then finally, uh, Michael Cato said, uh, turn two flat. I think he's referring to upcoming Pocono. Yeah, I'll tell him. Yeah, it's flat. Um, you know, if you're in default weather conditions, you can probably take it flat out. Uh, I don't know how many laps you can do that for, at least on the hot lap or qualifying setup, sure. But um, you know, as the tires wear out, I don't think you can take the tunnel turn flat. Kind of sucks that they, they repaved this place and then they gave us a bunch of downforce and that turn went from being the hardest one to being the easiest one. Right. Well, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching you guys at Pocono. Um, so let's talk about the team behind the team. Uh, we talked about G2 uh, sports, esports, but who else, uh, who are you working with on the setups? Do you have a spotter? Do you have a crew chief? Uh, who do you want to call out or thank there? Yeah, so I'm working with, behind the scenes, it's Coanda SimSport. Uh, those guys are dominating everything else, and I'm happy to be leading the points representing them as well. Because, um, like, you know, Coanda prov provides himself, or Coanda, <laughs> sorry, tries to uh, absolutely have the best drivers for every organization. And I was just trying to live up to that. And, you know, it's, it's def definitely difficult in NASCAR where we're driving so close together and these races can just end in tears pretty easily. Um, and those guys helped me a lot. I got Mitchell DeYoung spotting for me and uh, guys like Philip Stom and Josh Rogers are spotting my other two teammates. Uh, the drivers. Those are Bobby Zelensky and Chris Shearburn. And those guys put a lot of work into the setup too. It's great to bounce ideas off of uh, all of us. And, you know, I, I can't say I can do it alone because obviously you need teammates to help you. And we've had a lot of big breakthroughs this year. Um, I definitely can't take all the credit or even any of the credit for some of them. Um, and, you know, they're necessary for sure. Yeah, we had Josh on the 
program here a few weeks ago, and I think we're having Mitchell on uh, maybe next week or the week after. But, uh, yeah, we'd love to talk, talk to everyone at Kowanda. They, they really are the uh, star team, and uh, it must be very uh, feel prestigious to be running for them. Yeah, absolutely. Was, uh, like those, those were the guys that I was looking up to first getting into iRacing, even though I knew I wasn't really going to be competing in the road series. I was going to focus on NASCAR. I'm just like, wow, these guys have their stuff together, right? They're, they're a serious esports organization. And, um, you know, I just thought I'd never be any, anywhere close to that sort of level of uh, commitment and organization. Okay. Now, you're going to be... You're going to be interviewing Mitchell DeYoung because that's going to be a that's going to be a really cool interview. I think that guy's a really cool guy. Um, really interesting story. I hope you get him talking about his real life uh, racing stuff too. Yeah, uh, he he was so good in rallycross. He's good at everything, but rallycross and then of course the Porsche series and whatnot. Yep, and again, something with the VRS. There is I have access to all his data too, so. <laughs> uh, whenever I want to, yeah. Whenever I want to uh, try to get better at a weird road series or rallycross or something, I have I have him to compare it to, and that's definitely useful. Yeah, he is the bomb on the rallycross. I actually uh, was in a race with him in rallycross and had to. I, I got into his cockpit and kind of you know went around the track to see how he was getting around so fast, and then I would try it and I I couldn't do it. But you're right. You got to get VRS. You can look at the data and check that out. Now. Next up, uh, to finally, tell everybody, you know, if they want to follow you or, uh, or watch you, do you do Twitch at all, or are you streaming? I know you're on uh, the Twitter and the Facebook. Yeah, I just, uh, I just got on the Twitter. <laughs> that, was, uh, that was my most recent accomplishment, jumping into the world of social media. But, um, yeah, I got 131 followers, I think. Yeah, I know, stellar. <laughs> but, um, yeah, if you guys want to follow me on Twitter... I'm trying to be active on there. I have a Facebook page as well. I kind of just post the links to the races on there, honestly. But um, I want to get into streaming. I have a webcam now, and I got a pre pretty decent rig. I got a really good computer now, too, so I think I can handle streaming finally, and I would like to get into it. Um, but not doing it so much right now. So, yeah, just follow me on Twitter. I'll probably uh, put it up there if I ever start streaming. All right. Well, I think you're in a great position here uh, going into the final part of the regular season here uh, in position for the, the playoffs. And uh, good luck. I mean, uh, I was really kind of feeling bad for you at the beginning of the season, all those top tens or the top fives without the win. But you finally got it done. So good job. Yeah, you can't feel too bad for somebody tearing up the peak series and getting top fives right but <laughs> yeah i was definitely hoping to break through and i finally did it um yeah thanks so much uh i think i can put on a good show for the end of the year here really hoping for it anyway but <laughs> you know i i know from last year that things can go wrong really quickly so i just have to try to avoid having anything bad happen get to stay ahead of the trouble right and avoid causing my own yeah it's all track position this year so stay up front yeah it seems to be direct yeah, as soon I like last race, I finished twentieth. Um, that was my first middle of the road finish, really, and that that was completely due to my bad qualifying effort. Um, Bobby Zelensky, my teammate, uh, we had same setup basically, and he finished seventh, I believe, and he was running up front, led a lot of laps. You know, it's totally cap like the setup was totally capable of running up there, but just hard to 
pass 40 guys who are all just as good as you or better and like it's such a strong field and you know yeah you can't, yeah very can't, can't drive up to first <laughs> all right well thanks for coming on we're happy to have you anytime so uh good luck this year uh let's jump into the next one and talk about good racing chris world of outlaws was killing it yeah i wish i would have got to catch this one live um the world of outlaws borton buildings late model championship was at eldora this week and man they put on a show um i only got to catch the the 12 minute recap but man it was it was fun to watch um dylan hauser wins with teammate casey Irwin finishing third bergeron gets caught up in a wreck uh the point standings now uh blake cannon is in the lead at 283 Kendall tucker in second with 269 and Evan C with 258, um, Bergeron's in fourth. But, yeah, uh, that, that was a tough break for Bergeron. I mean, he, he was at the top, as usual, where he always is, way up top. And the two guys down kind of below him hooked bumpers and turned right up into him, and he had nowhere to go and couldn't miss it. It was just t- one of those bad luck racing deals. I think Hauser hit about everything on the track. Um, that race then you say he's in some trouble will yeah i saw they uh looks like they posted that he might be suspended for next race i think he i think i was told there's a 13 incident limit and he had 12 incident points um in his heat race alone <laughs> yeah they okay. put on a show though man all right uh, race spot too, two with the commentary Damn. is uh uh, Casey, uh, Casey Kerwin was uh, just doing a phenomenal job. If you've watched this series, each week he's improved, and he was able to get up into top three, and he ran a really, really smart race. And uh, I don't know that's just something that's been standing out to me. These guys are putting on a great show, but uh, there's some guys out there that are just sneaking up there, and I think it's going to be a really good, uh, really good championship. So what's, let's talk about Dylan Hauser a little bit. I mean, what's he thinking? Where, I mean, obviously anything, you know, hit everything, but he still wins the race. But then he's suspended, you know, and so with that incident limit, I guess that really has to, you kind of have to change how you race, I guess. The, some of the problem is if you look at some of the incidents, the late models are not very forgiving. A real life late model, if you lean a little bit, the body panels are going to kind of like bend a little bit and spring off of each other. In iRacing, they really kind of, you don't know what's going to happen. The car could lean and be just fine or it will dart either car up or down the track. If I'm not mistaken, I think somebody checked up a little bit in his heat race on the start and then he kind of is i'm gonna say it was, it was a racing deal but there was some contact there and i think the new damage model will be a huge help to these cars because you think the racing's good now once they could really kind of start really getting more aggressive um i think it'll help because right now things are just really inconsistent i think he just got caught out all right uh mason more good racing in the porsche esports super cup yeah, this week they were at uh, the new Silverstone track, uh, the Grand Prix layout. We had the preview link with uh, them saying five winners in the first six races this season. So that's been been nice to see uh, a nice group of people winning that aren't the same person each week. Um, then we had a Twitter Twitter post up here from uh, iRacing. It shows four wide, five wide, however many they could fit on there um, at the start of the race. Boy, you know, the people that get up in arms about three wide, they need to watch this video. (laughs) Yeah, these guys don't rack. That's the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Then then we had a last lap battle. Um, 
for second place, it was uh, Josh Rogers and I believe Max Menneke, um going at it really hard on that last lap. Rogers got the curb and Benneke took home second place because Rogers slowed down after he hit the curb. Uh, but Sebastian Job came in with the win. Um, his teammate Graham Carroll was able to kind of hold off the Coanda Simsport guys um, so that Sebastian could get a substantial lead. Um, DeJong was spun by Benneke with about 10 minutes in the race to go, and Carroll was spun by Budaloop and got into Rogers, but Rogers continued on. Yeah, so he drove away from the everybody else because, so you're saying that it was a teammate kind of holding up the field behind him? Yeah, he was racing the, the Coanda guys really hard, and they couldn't get past him. Yeah. I saw the battle with the second place with Max uh, Benneke and the uh, and Josh and uh, boy they were racing really clean too. I mean, uh, but it was a great battle. Yeah, and then uh, so we had Sebastian Job. He won both the the sprint race and the feature race, and uh, it was retweeted by Red Bull Racing. So there's a rewind video there if you missed it. Um, it's on YouTube and on the forums. Very cool. Yeah, I love the Porsche series. All right, Greg, next up, pit crew members have been given more experience. <laughs> I uh, have a feeling this has to do with the uh, the new app that's uh, the hit craze this week. Uh, iRacing posted a picture of the, I'm guessing someone had made the pit crew. Um, iRacing posted patch notes, pit crew members have been given more experience. Uh They'll now tell you stories about the good old days while changing your tires. So the picture is uh, basically taking all the crew members and made them really old looking. So uh, nice. it's a, it's an interesting photo. Whoever uh, made the pit faces did a very good job on the detail. You want grandpa pit in your car? All right. Yeah, some of the guys, out. some of the guys on here ex were saying that uh, explains why this, the pit stops were starting to get slower this week. I was gonna say sometimes it seems like Grandpa's out there changing that tire. <laughs> I know. Hurry up! All right, uh, Jesse, Ignite series. Yeah, Lucas Oil. Last week was the Lucas Oil, and uh, Parker Retzloff scored multiple wins, but Aaron Mulrooney was again the top point scorer, taking over the points lead from Andy Trupiani. Caden Rush sits second in the point standings with. Trippiani falls to third. This week they are at Bullring, Las Vegas. Should be a good one for them. Yeah, this is from an article on uh, the eNASCAR and NASCAR.com, but uh, and iRacing has uh, our, uh, information about it as well. Greg, uh, most sport F3 side pod damage. So Brenton Parker posted a video. Uh, I'm guessing as he's going or of. Some of the cars going around Mossport uh, in the F3 car and uh, going up uh, the big straight with all the bumps and stuff and the amount of uh, speed they carry. There's obviously a bump there that gives side pod damage um, and uh, it actually causes the cars to slow down. So it's it's kind of hindering cars on this track. So at Canadian Tire, Tire Motorsport Park, um, there's obviously something that uh, needs to be looked at with those cars going around there. All right. That does look weird with the side pod damage. Like, how does that happen without running into a pole or something, you know? Probably right. it would be fixed with the damage model, right? Like, it's obviously just the way that the track interacts with the way the car is with the ground effects. Right. Yeah, new damage model would fix a lot of this stuff. 
right. Uh, next one I got. It's road course rescans. We heard from iRacer Bill Cross on the forums where he put up a poll asking, should iRacing be dedicating its time to so many uh, road courses when we need to have, you know, updates and rescans, such as Watkins Glen with carbing, curbing and signage updates, uh, Canadian Tire, uh, there's grass patches that were replaced by asphalt in real life. And uh, they just think that they need to spend less time working on camera flashes and more time updating these tracks. Uh, we did get an iRacing response. Uh, they said, uh, we've garnered great information from the thousands of, upon thousands of survey responses from the survey, remember that. We merged that data with our internal direction and goals taking all the aforementioned, aforementioned information, we create a macro picture of what we believe is the most beneficial hierarchy of priorities. If we told you everything that we were working on, it would simply generate more complaints as we aren't doing it fast enough in your opinion. Instead, we occasionally tease what we are working on, but leave most of it until immediately prior to the release. You can expect more of this going forward. So that's cool. They don't need to tell us what they're working on. Well, and the other thing is, is when I when I first uh, heard this, it sounded like Mason was uh, wrote this because he always complained about the camera flashes and the people moving. Um, <laughs> but do they really need to like? For me, the the changes for Mossport are extra runoff area. Do you really need to rescan the runoff area if you're not using it as a? Uh, what do you say? Like you're using it to drive on. Maybe it. I know they use it as an exit on some of the corners there just to get some, like, tr pushing the track limits to try and get off the corner better. But could they not just make it, uh, you know, use their best judgment in making it somehow instead of, and, and, and focus on, I agree with focusing on some other tracks, but these other ones that need little touch-ups, they could just be done visually, could they not? Right, do they have to go out and rescan for stuff like that? Is that what you mean? Well, that's like, you know... Like to have a runoff area, like for me, and I know the road road off road guys will have different opinions, but for me, like does the road the the extra runoff area really gonna make a huge difference? Like I know Charlotte just made the changes to their course. They're so obviously we're gonna have to get a re update to that part of it for the roval, but a little bit of runoff area is really gonna change everything. Yeah, I think you're right. If if it's a racing surface like the roval change which is a definite, you know, racing surface change. I think that needs to be a high priority. But when it's like the runoff or the trees or the, you know, whatever, yeah, I'm not too concerned about it. I think they're, I mean, they're working on AI. They're working on rain, we've heard. They're working on a new damage model, a new tire model. I think all of that takes precedence over a little bit of runoff area. I think Mike's right. Yeah. If it's a structural change to the actual racing surface or a reconfiguration, absolutely. But there's some really big, important stuff they're working on that I think definitely takes precedence over if you don't like the color of the billboard that changed. Right. All right, well, let's keep moving. Uh, Mason, tell us about Tyler Ankrum. Yeah, if you were watching the uh, Gander Outdoors Truck Series last week, you saw Tyler Ankrum winning his first race in the trucks. Well, iRacing threw up a tweet that said, well, would you look at that? Congrats to Tyler Ankrum on his win tonight in NASCAR trucks. And it shows a, a screen capture of uh, Tyler winning the NASCAR iRacing Class C fixed truck race at Kentucky on July 8th, prior to his win in the in the real truck series. Nice. Win on iRacing, win in NASCAR. 
Yeah, we didn't know he was an iRacer, so that's cool. Now we have another one to follow. I don't think I ever actually heard of him before he won that race, so... Alright, let's talk about another iRacer. Uh, Jesse, TJ Majors. Yes, Joey's spotter and host of Door Bumper Clear, TJ Majors, has received a Sim Seats rig. And hopefully we're going to be able to see him on uh, iRacing some point. I also tweeted on this to Sim Seats because there's three in that trailer asking if one of those might be juniors. Because what are the chances, being as they're so close in his old spotter? That'd be well, pretty cool. Junior but, just said on his podcast that he's uh, getting a rig set up. Right, that's what I'm referring to. I was he hasn't uh, he hasn't said anything more in regards. So hopefully that'd be that'd be too convenient. But those are good looking rigs that they have. I'm sure they uh, spared no cost. As we're all aware, they have you know plenty of budget and plenty of resources. He's obviously coming back to the sim because he used to race on the sim a lot with Junior. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Junior's always talked about that he used to run with him in uh, MTGJ. So it'd be it'd be cool to see those guys start streaming and stuff. Or, you know, that's probably they're probably on the way to maybe the idea of doing something with uh, like we were saying with the peak guys or something. That'd be cool if they're slowly working that way. All right. Dale Junior is probably getting a rig and it looks like definitely TJ Majors is getting one. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Chris, multi-factor authentication. Yeah, just like Will said, it seems like iRacing's working on a lot of kind of important things, and this is another one. Um, they uh, they posted that they're working on multi-factor authentication, and particularly when it comes to third-party apps, because a lot of us use third-party apps where uh, they'll use your login and or your account information um, to do their job. And this is going to be something, this is going to be kind of a go-between between the two of them uh, to make it a little bit more secure. There was um, some noise on the forums or some people that don't want the extra step. And iRacing did meant say that it's not likely to be a, a mandatory thing. But uh, it's, it's probably not a bad idea. <laughs> I would turn it step. on. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's two, I mean, especially you, you use one of these apps once. You might not think about it for six months, and if in that time, you know, maybe that apps went away, and you have that data just out there. But uh, iRacing did say they're not; they didn't. This didn't come up because any of their third-party apps were behaving badly, but um, it just kind of seemed like a cover your butt kind of deal. All right, um, they're going to implement uh, OpenID, OAuth, SAML, uh, which are all uh, widely known. Uh, two-tier authentication platform so uh, I'm, I'm real happy for this I mean I don't have I don't use any apps where I have to put in my username and password I, I do use apps but none that use that I, I, I wouldn't do it well that no aren't you just giving them your uh, ID does, number yeah but it, there's still stuff tied to iRacing with it right like if there's any way that they could get whoever got the got your access could access iRacing for it like if there there's it's tied together in a way where your data is kind of linked to that your your code uh, whatever your sign up number was yeah, right? seven digit number right or whatever so, yeah yeah but that's the only thing i think trading paints has is your seven digit number but but cool all right let's keep going greg uh and a quick update on the beta ui that pops up Okay, so this is just a quick thing here. So the, 
I guess some people were reporting that the beta UI is popping to the foreground during some people's races, and it's been an issue for a couple months, I guess, since one of the updates. Um, but Nate, uh, is it Del Salms, um, has found the solution. So he's one of the iRacing staff. Um, the solution is, the or what he's found is that the beta UI is re-authenticating in the background while uh, you're in the sim. It should not be doing that so or doing it that often, um, and should not be ste uh, stealing focus of the sim. Uh, fix will be in the next build. Um, they're also looking into why the beta UI is trying to re-authenticate so often. Okay, another reason I don't use it. All right, let's keep going. Jesse, phantom damage. Yeah, so people are having some issues with spotting or ghosting an iRacer, and iRacers are complaining that they have seen in replays some damage that doesn't actually exist, a phantom damage. And I uh, ran into this spot in Brent. I got in like 25, 27 laps into his race, and he was under caution at the time. And I uh, first thing I popped on when I got in on on car with him is uh, the right rear had a little bit of damage. And so the first thing I said is the right rear's not that bad. And he was super confused. He hadn't touched anything. Come down pit road the very next lap, and he leaves, and it cleared itself so i made the joke like i fixed it for you don't worry about it but it uh -huh. it's definitely happening so it's it's that's not the first time i don't think i've saw it but i don't know that for sure so have they said any reason why they're thinking that's happened yet it doesn't look like it no they're looking into it it's probably obviously it's got to do with a coding that's showing something that's not really there so like you know i think jesse we had this in a race too where some cars were showing damage that weren't even, you know, damaged at all. Um, in a race we were running, I guess, uh, I think it was at Daytona, there was damage on cars that weren't actually there. Well, yeah, I feel I feel like I've ran into this spotting. I've been spotting it quite a bit more lately, and I feel like it two or three times now I've, I've said that about a car. Like, for example, I'll say, hey, he has damage, we're going to get around him or whatever. And then you're kind of looking at it like, he doesn't have damage on my end. So, I mean, I think it's it sounds like it's something in more so in watching more than actually being racing versus each other. So at least it's good on that level that if you're in the car, you're not seeing some damage on a guy that doesn't actually exist. All right. Uh, Mason, tell us about 24 hours of spa. Yeah, we talked about this last week, um, but the link that we put up last week was taken down. Uh, we're not exactly sure why. I'm guessing it's because people were complaining significantly about the 300 incident limit. Um, that's significantly less than the unlimited amount before. Um, but there is a new page up with a new link. Um, it's under the special events in the forums, and uh, there's already people complaining again. But we're only at two pages of complaints instead of nine. So. Right, and the race is this weekend, so only two more days of complaints to go. <laughs> Wish Team Tafosi good luck. Get it, guys. I'm not participating. Just got to keep it on the track. That's the goal. All right. Next up, Jesse, June iRacing highlight video number two. Yeah, they uh, they had so many good clips that they had to divide it up into two of them or add a second one. So I don't know whether or not they're getting so many clips or if there's just so many good ones this month. But I uh, think I swear I read somewhere that they said that they've had more participation as far as uh, entries lately than they've they've had at the beginning of doing this so obviously iRacers are inputting on this i know mason has sent in one so hopefully one of these times we're going to get one of our cars on there that'd be pretty cool i'm sending one from friday last friday night uh the crazy la la last lap finish 
Yeah, there's some great three-wide battles and a three-wide finish at Michigan for the lead uh, for the win. That looked pretty cool. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Chris, Simon Paginaw. Paginaw. He um, tweeted out a picture of uh, iRacing versus his real-life car. <laughs> it was pretty cool. He uh, tweeted out he hopped on iRacing to prepare for Iowa in the Indy car. And it's it looks pretty similar. Um, I wish he would have actually got a picture from sitting down inside the car. <laughs> but <laughs> get his field of view right. Right. But uh, um, somebody uh, replied to his post and asked if the advanced frontal protection device was annoying in real life as it is on the sim. And he's, he uh, replied that you get used to it. <laughs> Yeah, it does look very similar when you look at the side-by-side -side picture of what the cockpit looks like in the sim and what it looks like in real life. Yeah, that AFP thing, I bet you get used to it about the time you go cross-eyed. And I bet you a lot of it also has to do with, like, you, you. it's a little bit different, but you could just change the way you're sitting in the seat to make it match the, the real life, right? Yeah. It's, are you, you're talking about the unicorn horn there? Yeah. Yeah. All right, next up, uh, some, I'll do this one. Crazy stats on Loudon. A uh, friend of the podcast, John Hammer, posted up in the forums uh, after the new NIS 2019 New Hampshire event. Uh, the, the top split wrecking stats from A Open. Uh, so he tracked, uh, actually, A Open 22% uh, DNF in the, the first one. 30% DNF in the next one, 53% DNF in the other one. So that's do, did not finish. Uh, and then 19% and 25%. And he tracked how many cautions and how many people were uh, DQ'd out and whatnot. And uh, boy, it is uh, not pretty at New Hampshire. Yeah, I was part of those stats. All four races, I didn't finish in the A Open. So it's just like a crap show, huh? Uh, first two were my fault. Second two were other people's faults. Yeah. Have any of us finished this week without being in a wreck? I got wrecked in the last lap today. We'll talk about that later, but let's keep moving. William, Fairbury Speedway. Yeah, it looks like we got some pictures posted up. Uh, Greg, Greg Hill uh, shared them on Twitter of the Fairbury Speedway, which is coming in the next build. It's a quarter-mile dirt track in Illinois. It's a looks like a little bull rink. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I was actually watching some real dirt racing at the real Fairbury uh, the other day and uh, trying to get a, a good view of that track. It looks like it's going to be a nice dirt track. Yeah, it looks a, it looks a little bit bigger than Kokomo. Um, at least Kokomo feels really small. It looks like you got a little bit more of a straightaway with a little bit tighter turn. I think it... Uh, paperclip kind of look. Yeah, it's almost like a paperclip, but I think it... Depends on how the track wears in. I think it should provide some good uh, multi-groove racing. Uh, I think it's wide enough that if you run the top side, it's definitely a lot further than if you run the bottom. So we need to see how that plays out. All right, let's keep moving. Jesse, we have forum maintenance. Yes, tomorrow, Friday, July 19th, from 7 to 8 a.m. Eastern time, we are going to have some maintenance, but everything is still going to be active. All other services besides the forums, they're just implementing it. the new forums, it looks like, if I'm understanding this correctly. No, it so, is not the new forum. Oh, it is not. I <laughs> I should read. They purposely put that in there just yeah. to make sure people don't yeah. speculate. But yeah, 
so not new forums, but they're adjusting just the forum maintenance. It won't be anything. All the other services will be good to go. Okay. Greg, uh, a track guide. All right. So who wants to go back to uh, Driver University? So uh, driver61.com um, is uh, a tutorial whiteboard site uh, unit or guide to how to race it looks like it's it's basically an in-depth uh talk about uh how to get in around the track uh the coach is uh scott Man uh, mansell um and he's gonna be giving you ins and outs i guess of all uh through his tutorials on how to best manage getting around tracks and best yeah. lines and things like that if you click into one of them you'll see there's uh youtube videos on his website uh, embedded that you can watch these tutorials. I didn't look. Is he charging anything? This or is it just? I don't think so. I'm able okay. to see the video. Okay, I never got the chance to look at him quickly, but it looks really interesting. If he's offering this kind of information, and obviously he spent time writing it down on a whiteboard and talking about it, it's like uh, it's really nice to have this kind of a tool for the road guys. Yeah, some of them are free. Um, the like big like spa ones, Silverstone are free. Um, and it's like an hour long video too, so it's it's in depth. So you can pay to get the other tracks and whatnot. But yeah, the way I mean, I kind of spot watched a little bit of this, and it it really starts at the basics, you know. And if you don't know anything about Apex and how to make a corner correctly, this is a great place to start. The website is driver61.com. I'm trying to figure out here. It says subscribe to it, but it doesn't say what the cost is. It says receive our free 25-part driver uh, university course and a, and a PDF guide and get free offers at our uh, motorsports store. But I don't know. It's kind of not saying what it is. And I hit try to hit subscribe here. I'll have to figure out, but see if there's any cost in it. Okay, next up, Chris, Bandit Trucks. Yeah, uh, iRacer William Perry posted up on the forums four words, Bandit Big Rig Series. And oh, so he, <laughs> this is where you in, race the big rigs, huh? Yeah. Is this because yeah. of the TV show? On, on, there a new uh, TV show? Dis, yeah, on Discovery. There's a TV show about uh, the life and times of these guys that drive, and it's kind of, you know, it's a typical Discovery Channel show. It's over overmade. Normally, I think I'd be against like a small series coming in like this because it would just pull away from participation in other series. But I think there's so many truck drivers that sim race. It seems like this series would probably do really well if it ever did come out. Me and, and Tony uh, on there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, half our team it has or or does drive. And uh, David Tucker said he um, petitions for school bus rating, racing at every meeting. So maybe this isn't something that's way out there. So this bandit thing is like a short oval thing with the, the, the big rig. But if you scroll down a few posts, you'll see a YouTube video of them doing it over in Europe on road courses. What do you call that? That's not bandit, but it's something else. Those actually, are, those are actually the big released trucks. A, oh, sorry, Greg. It's all good. Go ahead, Will. They actually released another sim, like an FIA in European truck simulator, um, I think earlier this week. Um, which races those trucks. So if iRacing wants to stay competitive, man, I think we need uh, road trucks and oval trucks. 
Yeah, I like these things. I mean, I, I've raced this in some other game before. I don't remember the title, but these were fun. I remember these. I think those trucks are in the Forza games, if I remember correctly, but uh, those those European trucks are very popular uh, in, on the road courses over there. I think they, uh, like uh, Will was saying, the FIA sanctions it, so um, they're... Uh, they're really high horsepower trucks. Like they have big motors in them, and they're really fast for what they are. If you scroll down even further, there's a video of the big bandit trucks on Bristol Motor Speedway, on the high banks. Man, that's crazy. All right, well let's keep uh, going. Uh, we're running out of time on the topics before we get to hardware software. I have one more quick one. A website that tracks every post of the forums from any iRacing staff member. The website's called tracker.chogger.de. That's C-H-O-G-G-E-R.de. And uh, when you go there, you can actually see uh, all the posts uh, from the uh, staff members, and there's a link, and you can click on it, and it opens up the forum post. Uh, I, I use this. I find, I find it very helpful to get ideas for the, sh the, the show. So I was going to say, so this is obviously someone wrote a algorithm to pick the names out and the topics as they come up then yeah there's a filter if you click on it you'll see the names of the staff members there's about 50 or so uh, and you can see every name and you can actually check mark and drill into a certain person or whatever interesting Pretty cool all right let's jump into hardware software next mason does better sim hardware make you a better racer yeah, I saw this video pop up. Um, it was published by the Sim Channel on YouTube on July 8th. Um, and it do, while it does not use iRacing as the simulator to test, um, it uses a set of Corsa, um, I felt like this is a good starter topic for our hardware software section. Um, it compares a low-budget rig, which is a Thrustmaster T500 modded T3 PA pedals, a GT Omega Apex stand, a comfy couch, which costs all about 640 euros without the couch. Um, to the high budget uh, that he calls high budget, his regular sim rig, which is the Podium DD1, the Formula V2 rim, the Husenveld SP Pro pedals, the GT Omega Pro with the seat accessories, the seat mounting, slider, all that stuff. Um, he used two cars, uh, the Kartcraft X30 carts, like one of the little uh, like carts that the, the kids would race. Um, and he also used the FLM09, which looks kind of like the radical, like open cockpit. And that was at Spa, but the cart was at Cirque Gilvenu. Um, the, the bare bones comparison says he went faster by the low budget by a tenth, but over the long stints, it evened out um, between the high budget and low budget setups. Um, he said he, he took longer to get up to speed with the, the lower budget setup. And then uh, the uh, FLM09 at Spa, um, he ran slower at first with the Thrustmaster, but eventually got up to speed and ran pretty much equal times again uh, with the high budget setup. But he felt like he couldn't push the car with the low budget rig. Um, he said it would cause overcorrection in a slide, and he could only rely on visual cues instead of the feeling that you get from the direct drive wheel. Um, and he was able to also brake later and carry more speed through the corners with the uh, high budget setup. So basically, he's saying you can get away with the low budget setup if you work really hard. And um, some variables he didn't 
take into account was he didn't compare one part of the rig at each time, so he didn't just compare the pedals and just the wheels. He did them all as one thing, and he also only did two cars and two tracks, so that's some, some places where if you have a lot of time on your hands and want to compare stuff, that's your job. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it makes... Uh, you're not going to change your performance, kind of like Keegan was saying earlier, you know? Like, gives oh, yeah. you a, more of a uh, immersion. Yeah, I talked to Keegan about what kind of pedals I had. He was like, why did you get those? <laughs> you didn't like that, those? <laughs> so you didn't need them for stock car racing. That's true. <laughs> You're a road guy now, though, right, Mason? Well, I don't know about that. I don't think so. So next, Greg, let's talk about Keegan's uh, wheel he mentioned. Uh, we have an update from Peter Dimoff about the uh, VRS hardware. So... He's uh, posted up uh, a good article here. Uh, I'm just going. Uh, it was Kevin Buhasa um, posted the link, but it's on the VRS page. Um, and he was just ch talking about that. Uh, he's been testing it for about nine months, uh, and many of the drivers have been. Uh, been running the direct drives in the world championships uh, for running with it. Um, he's making solid progress with the VRS pedals, but uh, they have a few um, drivers with our with was it they calling it a V1 brake pedal, and they and they're loving it. Uh, they think that this is going to be the best brake pedal on the market. Um, we hope that it'll be available uh, to bring the full set of brake, throttle, and clutch of a prototype pedals to Sim Racing Expo in Germany at the end of August. So they're talking about that in there. I think when they first mentioned it, didn't they mention that they only had the two pedals? They didn't have a clutch one yet on the first, when they were talking about the pedals? I don't know, but uh, it's nice to see they got a, they're getting a prototype together at least. It'll be interesting to see the people that, you know, want to go to, like are going to go to that Expo in Germany We'll get to see what the unit actually looks like um, as a whole. Yeah, Keegan really likes the the DD, so he said it's going to give Fantech a run for their money. Yeah, I didn't want to wait for it though. I mean, here they are testing uh, nine months after they announced it, still not available for sale. So yeah, I don't want to buy all new rims either. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's the that's the other problem is it's it's just starting in the market, whereas the wheels that are out there have already got, you know, some age to them and, and, and developed people are developing stuff for already. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of stuff for the VRS developed, but right now it's, it's going to be its only thing when it drops. Right. Right. All right. I'll get the next one. Uh, iRacer in real world supercar number 17 sponsored by shell driver. Scott McLaughlin gets a gorgeous rig from SimWorks with an X. It includes the Sim Experience DD, the OMP HTER seat, a computer mounted behind the monitor, uh, beastly pedals, and steering wheel with all the knobs. Uh, and it's all shell uh, branded as well. Pretty that, slick looking look. Yeah, that thing is a, is a tank. That's a nice, it just <laughs> definitely a shout out to all his sponsors, eh? I find it odd where the computer is, though. It's just a, it keeps it up off the ground. It probably minimizes the amount of, you know, the wires are all hidden and everything on there. They're running inside the frame. 
And it's just a way to keep everything neat and tidy, I guess. It's like the engine of the car. Yeah. It's a beautiful uh, setup, though. With the even the CPU is a beautiful setup. Is that an AccuForce direct drive? It yeah. might. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, if you look at the second picture. Now, I was looking at the handbrake. Boy, that thing's a monster. Oh, yeah, that too. I don't know what brand that is. That's new to me. Looks like they just took it right out of the car. I know. I was going to say, maybe they just made it, you know, built it or something. In that picture, on the ground there, are those LEDs on the, on the bottom to light up? Or are they buttons? And you see the right below the shell symbol? There's something there. They have all kinds of those red things. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's for look or what. Beautiful seat. Well, very nice. Okay, Jesse, uh, hybrid racing simulations, SimuCube 2 mount. Speaking of beautiful, this is a very well done mount by SimuCube, and it's a very vibrant red to kind of counter the black base itself. And I, uh, I don't know a ton about these, to say the least, but uh, multiple adjustments as far as your angle, position, pitch, stuff of that nature, whether you like it square or whether you want it a little tilt. Either or way, it looks like a ton of adjustment. Yeah, so the SC2 wheel base doesn't really have a way to mount it. So you, you got to figure that out. And so Hybrid Racing Simulation built this mount. Uh, I don't know how much it is. I know Derek Spears Designs is also working on a mount. It also has a nice uh, LED display on the top of it, too. I don't know if that's an additional fee or if that comes with it. Some of the pictures have it, some of the pictures don't. It's a nice little tie-in to go with it. Sits real nice across the top of it. Yeah, like an optional display. It's kind of built into the design of the of the mount, right? Yeah, it looks like it's meant to be there for sure. It's not. It doesn't look like it was aftermarket, but I, I don't know if you have to get all of it or if that's an additional. Yeah, I can't find it on their website. I was trying to find a price, but can't find one. Yeah, th this was on their Instagram page, uh, Hybrid Racing Simulations. All right. Greg, tell us about Monkey Driver. So we're about to start monkeying around here. Uh, so www.monkeydriver.it is designed, uh, I guess, a space-saving rig uh, for for both. You can have it as set as an F1 style, or you can have it as a GT style. But you also, it's something where you can set up and then take down. Um, it's a really nice looking uh, rig. It's made out of aluminum. Um, I guess there's a bunch of different, uh, there's a base kit versus a full kit. Um, I really like the way, you know, you get choices with it. I guess it's designed, they recommend that it's used or designed for Fnatic, but um, AccuForce and SimCubes can be used on it. Um, what do you guys think of the, the choice of having different styles of seating depending on uh, what you would like there. I guess it's kind of like, this is a, a, a version of if, when I race an oval rim to a, a formula rim, you got, now you got your GT sitting position, your F1 sitting position. Right. Kind of like what David was wanting to do with uh, when he was looking for cockpits. He didn't know if he wanted the Formula One position or like a more of a NASCAR kind of seating. But this is the, the cool thing about the monkey driver is you it can be both yeah and it the design of it is 
it, it looks it's really sleek, um, sleek looking. It Minimal. fits in a spot. I think I saw in one of them someone attached wheels to it. Um, but just to have the ability um, to move it between the two and and not affect. Uh, looking at it here, there's some differences in pricing between their different grades. But uh, I guess they got the full kit can support monitor uh, more monitors uh, and it has speaker mounts and stuff like that. But it, it it's a very nice setup, even if it's just going to be in one position. It, it, this could be either for people that race in front of a TV and then pack it up and go away or someone that wants a full set that's just going to sit out all the time, but you can just change it to the style you want. Right. Yeah, yeah. it could be a portable setup for sure. It'd be good for, they show it with the monitor, but it'd be good for VR too. Cause I mean, you take a headset off and you fold up that chair and you know, it's not taking that much space. Yeah. Basically just put it away. Yep. I think yeah, this it, is a, a market that hasn't been really touched on. Right. With this kind of flexibility. Usually you got, you get the stand. It's, it's, it's a stand and not a seat. This is both everything. If you can, if, if the, if you got a single monitor, like Chris said, VR, you know, you can pack, you, it works perfect in that part of the market. I don't even, I'm trying to see if there's pricing here. I, I don't see any. I'm thinking it's it's a minimalist kind of look and style. If you're looking for a really small footprint, man, this is really foots the bill. The, the drawback, the negative thing is that seat doesn't look that all that comfortable. It doesn't have a lot of padding on it. That's what I was thinking. I think they went a little bit tight on the padding. They could have probably increase the padding a bit just to make it more offend friendly yeah but it has very like, interesting but it even has tra uh, a keyboard tray and uh, for the shifter as well too yeah so this website is monkeydriver.it so check that out it's kind of cool mason tell us about proto sim tech pt pt2 pedals yeah so these are the uh the the pedals on the market that sell out within you know minutes um this one this batch is batch six that i got um i bought these on batch six right as soon as that that uh clock struck 1 p.m eastern i clicked buy um and i think it took maybe a couple hours this time it took a little bit longer than usual um to get them out but they are they're still load cell brake pedals um but they are very very nice the feeling is fantastic um the the brake pedal is very stiff i'll tell you that um but once it takes a little bit of adjustment to get it to where you want it um, the gas pedal is what impressed me most because of how it follows your foot um it's a it it just allows you to control so much more and the clutch is built to to feel like a real car's clutch um with the the little bump before you actually engage it or when you're trying to engage it um but uh yeah I really love these things. I'll attribute them to my win at Sonoma last night. Um, and, and yeah, I love them. They're very adjustable. Yeah, Dan Ravito put on the forums, there's no better value on the market, in my opinion. An incredible piece of hardware. Yeah, and the, uh, the manufacturer, Chris Smith, does this all himself with sometimes help from his dad in Virginia. Um, and he works on these all. That's why he can only do so many batches at a time. Um, but he uh, he's very responsive in the forums too. I've had a couple questions just about mounting and about um, getting them calibrated because iRacing uses all of their 
information and you can't like calibrate the pedals like you can on a Fanatec. You can't just like chop down what it sends to iRacing. So you have to actually calibrate them in iRacing a little bit differently. So there's a link here that's a trick to get a dead zone at the beginning of the pedal. Because I, I'm used to like resting my foot on the brake a tiny bit just to have it ready to go. And I was engaging that brake a little bit because of how sensitive it is. Right. So right. I got, got them all adjusted up, ready to go. So are you happy with the result, with what you paid for them? Was it a good value? Oh, very much so. Very much so. Um, I probably didn't have to get the face plates, but what the hell. I did that. I'm thinking about trying to invert them. Um, we'll see how that goes. Okay. I got the next one. Uh, there's a simrace-blog.com, and they put up a new blog showing a custom G shifter. And uh, it's a new shifter coming from Thailand. It's an H pattern with a genuine mechanical feel. And uh, he's got, uh, you know, some video and some pictures of it and whatnot on this blog. And boy, this thing looks like it came right out of a real car. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing. Now, I went and found the, the website uh, for this uh, Thailand company. Uh, they're on Facebook. Uh, it's called Custom G Dev TH. And uh, they, they're called Custom G Racing Simulators is the name of it. And when you go to their Facebook page, you can see all their stuff. And they don't just do shifters, but they do motion rigs as well. And uh, wow, look at the design on these motion rigs on this Facebook page, guys. I have never seen a motion rig like this uh to describe it it kind of has like uh, actual shock absorbers like you would have in a car on each corner uh kind of at a side angle and uh, it helps move uh with those shocks in some way i don't know how to describe it it kind of reminds me of the the way that they would use suspension in, in like like in a mclaren they would they I'm trying to think the name of how that suspension is, but it's more horizontal than a vertical suspension. It, um, it yeah, he's not going up and down. He's kind of being moved left. Yeah, right. it's it, it kind of you know it just it's pointing out and it's got it looks like they're actual um, control arms though that they're on right. Like it looks like it, the footprint is control arms with a with a yeah, shock that are in on the a swivel right. And there's a video, if you scroll down a little bit, of it in action. And uh, it looks like a really nice motion system. Uh, it says it's 3DOF as well. Now, I, I don't have any pricing or anything like that. They do have a website, but it doesn't actually work. But, uh, man, if you keep scrolling down their page, they have some crazy-looking stuff, man. Custom G Racing Simulators. Check that out. All right, Chris, tell me about this guy, Sim Racing Dalton. He has too much money, I can tell you that much. That's uh, right. <laughs> he uh, sent out an Instagram post of some equipment that he had um, ready to go on his rig. And I almost like a, your birthday at heaven, had a baby. I mean, it's it's everything you could want. It's Fanatec, everything, club sport, uh, 2.5, V3 pedals, new rims, brand new computer, an Oculus Rift. I mean... Everything, um, Mason put it together and um, is guessing around six thousand dollars and just this and a seat, and he still has a rig coming to put all this stuff on. So, must be nice. 
And that was lowballing it because I don't know what what kind of rims are in that box. There's two rims they got the two universal hubs for. I don't know what they are. And something in a green bag behind liquid cooler. I mean, that could be anything. Well, they've got two universal rims. The F1 rim. Um, trying to think. There's that rim that's behind that is probably the Porsche rim. I'm guessing the size of that box. It would be the Porsche rim. And then the other rim is probably uh, an oval rim, maybe. See, I didn't think it was Porsche because I figured the big old Porsche logo would be somewhere on there. No, Fnatic doesn't brand that box, if I remember correctly. It's still a Fnatic, but I can't... I Don't quote me on that, but I, I don't think you see it on the box. I think it still says Fnatic. It's not like the new ones where they do the McLaren and the F1 um, with a different type of box. What what blows me away about this is he does it all at once. Everything. The computer, the rig, the the monitor the triple monitors, the the wheels and all the wheels, not just one. You know, most people just buy one thing at a time and kinda of build on it. But this guy he's got all in, you know, he like you said at the beginning, he has too much money. It makes a way cooler picture when you do it this way. <laughs> I'm just surprised he went with the two point five wheel base and not a DD. If you're going to go in, you might as well go yeah. all the way. Yeah, no kidding. Might as well increase it to 7,000. He didn't want to wait, you know. I, 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 he had another post where he kind of explained he used to be in uh, sim racing. He got out of it, and now he's coming back, but he's going to do it right. So I think he's coming diamond... back full force. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> I think this diamond plate that everything's sitting on is the base for his new rig, too, because he had a post of the wood frame for his new base, and so I think this... Badass looking diamond plating so, is his new base. Click on his name to get to his actual page, guys, and you'll see the three rims that he got. He uh, put up a more recent post with those. Oh, there you go. You did the smart yeah. thing. So he's got the oval, and then he's got the same rim that I run with, but not the Forza version of it. Well, that's the podium version of it, which is even more expensive. Yeah. I like how he's sitting in the chair without it attached to anything. All right, we're going to do one more quick one. Uh, Chris, how many wheels do you actually need in your first year in iRacing? Oh, uh, this God. guy needs like 20, I guess, if you want to check out rims. Uh, yeah, another new iRacer that just went all out. He has, I'm not exaggerating, probably nearly 20 rims for just about, I don't even know how many cars we actually have in iRacing, but it looks like he could just about have one for each one. A lot of road racing rims. But... There's such the same versions of the, yes. a lot of the same things. Yeah, just different colors. Like, why? It could, I guess it's no different than he's just a collector, I guess, maybe. Yeah. I, I, I'm yeah. counting 20 at least. And, and it's got, like, cubby holes. It kind of reminds me of, like, when you go roller skating, there's cubby holes to put your shoes in. Well, anyway, the cubby holes each have wheels in them. And he's got literally, like, 20 wheels. I think that's an Ikea cabinet. <laughs> Crazy. We had to save money somewhere when he bought those turn rims. Well, he's also got the rims. They, some of those, uh, you see some of those offers on the uh, eBay for uh, those cases that you can buy, and then you just cut the foam out so your your uh, wheel fits in it. Right. Yeah, nice little road cases for him. But Ryan Breeze, man, borrow me some money, bud. So that other guy had... A lot of computer parts and stuff for six grand. This guy has six grand probably in wheels. Probably more than that, I would guess. Twenty wheels. 
All right. That I mean, I I'd guess ten to fifteen thousand. He's gotten his wheels. All right. Let's go to results next. Uh, talk NASCAR I Racing Series Kentucky. Last week Thursday fixed. I ran P thirty. Got wrecked out. It was so bad. I actually erased it from my memory banks. I don't even remember what happened. Uh, Friday open. Uh, Greg P two. Yeah, this is the uh, finish that I'm going to post for the uh, for the for July's uh, top ten, hopefully. But it's, uh, I, I exited turn two on the last lap in eighth position and ended up at the start finish line in second. With the amount of craziness that was going on in turn three and four, um, I was in a four car battle um, with. Uh, just put drafting up on them. It was such a late restart and you just, you're coming up on them with the, the momentum and uh, everybody went in the corner and just seemed like they couldn't make the corner. They all just drifted up the track and got into each other. And then off in the distance, you could see the leaders uh, doing the same thing. They wrecked each other. Uh, the one leader uh, spun or the second place guy spun the first place guy but wrecked himself as he was trying to save it from the contact. And the guy in third ended up winning, and I ended up getting around the wreck and then driving through the grass to, to finish second. Almost, huh? All right, and then uh, Tony Rochette got a P26. He had a screen freeze, uh, sent uh, me in the backstretch wall, killing the race. Mason, you got wrecked on the front stretch. Yeah, I mean, after watching the real race and seeing how they were running people up on the front stretch, I'm less mad about this situation. But um, we were coming out, um, coming out of the corner, and I assumed that the guy under me was going to go all the way to the bottom, and he did not. So got spun in the grass and wrecked. Yeah, you think they're going to go below the apron, and then they don't. Is that what you mean? Yeah, we, I don't know. The spotter like doesn't say how low they're going. They just say low. Right. All right, and then Jesse, P4. Yeah, I was in that race with Greg, and uh, he took the low approach, and I took the high approach. It uh, it was uh, a chaotic finish, to say the least. If uh, my memory served me right, I want to say that it was uh, quite the ugly uh, last restart we had, and so everybody was bunched up, and everybody was three wide, and the usual program on a green-white checker, a late, late, late caution. And, uh, yeah, I, I, Greg nailed everything, described it perfectly. I was up in the high during uh, the two leaders taking each other out. And when the one that took that caused the wreck was trying to save himself, he went into the outside wall, and I was up at the wall, and I thought for sure that was the end of my day. But thankfully, as rare as it is, he was able to hold his brakes when he was spinning out. And so he didn't go all the way to the wall and I was able to sneak around the very, very high line, but I didn't have near the uh, wheel man through the grass passing that Greg had. That was, that was quite good. Hopefully we can see that in the uh, next month's video for sure. Cool. All right. Sunday open, uh, Tony Rochette, P6, uneventful race, a top 10, all race, nothing for the fast guys. And then Mason, you win. Yeah, this was a, this was a race too. Um, I was I qualified second. I ran second for the for, first green flag run. Uh, leader had a two second lead on me, but I undercut him on the pit stops. I pit a little bit early, and he helped that by sliding through his pit. Um, then we got a caution flag. He again pulled out to another two second or so lead. I pitted right behind him under green, and again he slid through his pits. So I won by five seconds. And I want to thank Proto Simtech Pedals for helping me hit my marks in the pit stops. 
Nice. Well, good win. So how many is that now? That'd be four. Four. Keep piling them up. Sunday fixed, I ran. I got a P26. We had a 90-lap green flag run. I ran the tires off and faded to the back. Uh, I suck on these long runs, I tell you what. Um, eventually, I somehow got back on the lead lap and on sequence, but got caught up in a late wreck, and it didn't matter anyway. Uh, Jesse, you had a P3. Yeah, very, very fun race. Uh, I don't do a ton of fixed races, um, but this one definitely was a little bit uh, rarer than most, and it was, like you say, a lot of green flag running, especially going back to fixed racing. I, I uh, was quite surprised for that. But uh, the last uh, choice on the last final green flag run cost me for sure. I uh, don't quite remember exactly what happened. I should have been better with my notes here, but I just uh, cost myself the opportunity, lost momentum, no time to gain it back and get back into position. Right. All right, let's switch gears to New Hampshire. Uh, Wednesday open. Uh, Jesse, you got wrecked out. Yeah, it. Uh, I unfortunately didn't have all of the right set in the car and uh, learned that about halfway through once I was already so frustrated at that point. But luckily, Brent uh, reminded me that I had a change that I needed to make that I did not and explained everything. Uh, trying to just deal with it. And late, we got a big wad up and I thought I was going to sneak in sitting like 14th, 15th. And uh guy decided we were going to see how far we could drive into the corner and use me as the brakes. And it pretty much was... Uh, the end of the night, I hopefully this isn't the way the week's going to go, but we have not had a good start so far. Is that the guy who like like literally didn't stop and just ran all over you? Yeah, he uh, he was three lengths back going into three and uh, somehow says I didn't uh, break late enough. Uh, but I was, <laughs> I saw I was, the video. Yeah. I was on the back of the car in front of me and I watched about four times after he made the statement. And I don't see any way I was any earlier than the cars in front of me, but. You know, the way the race went, it, it's that's kind of how it should have ended, I guess. All right. And then, Greg, you wrecked out, too. Same guy got me, but he got a whole bunch of guys at the same time not checking up uh, for another guy just self-spinning it in the corner. So same car, same guy, same driving style. All right. Now let's talk uh, Thursday open. Uh, I ran. I got a P14. I did run back half of the top 10. You know, somewhere between 7th and 11th, basically, all day. Uh, I was running P9 on the white uh, flag uh, when the leader actually got wrecked uh, by second place and took us all out. And I ended up 14th after that. But uh, it was pretty fun because a bunch of us were in the same split. Uh, Chris, tell us about your race. You were wrecked. Oh, we lost Chris. So I'll tell uh, he survived most of it but got doored uh, passing a lap car and was sent to the inside wall. And, uh, and he uh, didn't finish the race. Uh, Tony Rochette, he ended up P18. He stayed in the back and watched the carnage happen. On the second green-white checker on the white flag was going high to avoid two cars. Uh, he was at least a foot away, and there was net coated into the wall. Uh, finished with the smoking engine. Uh, he put up the video on this uh, right before the show, guys. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, sure looked like net code. And yeah. Yeah. It it was pretty close. I mean, it was maybe eight inches away or something. That's what I was looking at. Uh, David Hall uh, was in the split uh, right up 
uh, as well. He had a DQ. Uh, wasn't having a good race, but a late caution came out. The Oculus pops up a blue screen saying controller battery is low. I came to a stop that was offline and hit somebody. When I clicked the OK button with my control, I came back to see this guy ramming me head on on purpose. I then pull forward to get a uh, get to pace, and he runs me down and wrecks me again. And so it sounds like David needs to do a protest. Yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, Mason, tell us about your race. Well, I had the number one car, which is always the kiss of death, right? Um, the, just this week, I've ran four A Opens in uh, at New Hampshire, and I've wrecked out of, I think, three out of those four, and then this NIS race. Um, the first two A Opens were my fault. I lost it off of two spinning. The second two, I both I got spun the same way. Um, coming out of turn two, the outside car would hit the wall, then it would hit me, and hit, have, I would hit the wall then. Um, but tonight was a new way. Tonight was... Uh, getting rammed going into the corner so someone assumed what line i would be running and i bombed the corner just get me out of new hampshire i'm tired of this crap yeah and that guy didn't finish the race by the way <laughs> oh good um but that was fun of four of us were the same split so all right, just... all right so what do you guys think for the rest of new hampshire uh are you guys done or what's next week pocono Pocono. Uh, I think I Mason's Pocono. found every way to be wrecked this week, and I want to start calling him Brent. It's okay. Uh, I'm going to be. I still got two more starts. I mean, this week I got to keep my uh, streak going of good finishes. Yeah, I'm going to run the fix tonight, and I'll run open tomorrow and fixed on Sunday. I love Pocono. Get me there. <laughs> All right, let's uh, shift gears to league. Uh, Mason, you got another win, this time the OSRA. Yep, the uh, the online sim racing association was at Sonoma this week because we're now a two mile and over track league. Um, this was a fun race. I won everything there was to win. I won practice. I won qualifying, stage one, stage two, in the race. Um, I just I had it. I watched the VRS video again and practiced for maybe an hour before the race started, and I was laying down some lap times and surprised I wasn't falling off. So it was, a, it was a really clean race. There was too many turns, so people couldn't complain on the radio in enough time. Um, there were some close calls with lap cars, and if you uh, go to our Tafosi Facebook page or follow the link in the show notes, you'll see me getting some big air on one of the right-handers there. So do you like Sonoma now? Nobody oh, liked like... it when, I, when uh, I was having good finishes and everybody else wasn't. Now you got a good finish. Do you like it now? I liked it whenever we were there. I didn't love it. Now I love it, but I just liked it back then. That OSRA, does it, uh, was it a fixed or open set? It was an open set. Ah, so did you use the team set? I did, and I tweaked it. Good job. Uh, next week we're at All-Star Race at Monza with a fixed set, though. Good luck there. All right, let's jump into final thoughts. Chris Scales is not with us anymore. Greg Hectus. Um, I'm just looking forward to uh, this week. I don't know what the heck's going on in the background here. Sorry, guys. I have the Facebook page. Um, anyways, um, I'm just looking forward to uh, racing uh, a couple more Loudons and getting on to and Pocono. Uh, Loudon was seemed like a New Hampshire. Just seems like it's it's a track where nobody can get away from each other, and 
everyone's door to door. So it's I'm just looking forward to uh, finishing up a good finish and go on to next week. Uh, also looking forward to this weekend where we're going to race uh, at Spa. So that'll be a lot of laps done, put down by uh, Team Tifosi. And uh, I guess uh, we have Craig uh, Sykes uh, is going to join us to help fill out our roster with that. So look for us on the Tifosi page. We're going to be posting. Me and David will both be uh, streaming. We'll put up those links on the Tifosi all weekend. And uh, I don't know, Mason, are you going to be streaming? Yeah, probably. All right. All right, Jesse Gray, final thought. Uh, I got nothing but positive news from David on his e-stop switch that I uh, built in this past weekend, so I'm pretty uh, excited to get you one too, Mike, and uh, hopefully we can turn this uh, New Hampshire around because it's, I think uh, the biggest thing is, in my opinion, is this track position is already hard here, and with this package, you really got to lean on each other, which is okay as long as you got some respect behind it. We just haven't found that yet. All right, yeah, thank you for building that switch. It sounds like it's going to be something very nice to have with my new DD1, which I don't have yet. Still anxious to get that. All right, Mason Stiver, final thought. Well, I'd like to thank Keegan Leahy for coming on. Um, I've always watched his videos and, and tried to find some setup information off of him, so he was good to have on. I think we could spend an hour talking to him probably, especially if we got all these VRS guys or the Quandus import guys on at one time. It would be a, a riot, it sounds like. So thanks, Tim, for coming on. Get me out of New Hampshire. Yeah, get on to Pocono, huh? All right, my final thoughts. Uh, yeah, thanks to Keegan. I mean, we've been having some superstar driver talent come on this show, and kind of different, I mean, we, we'll talk to any iRacer. It doesn't have to be some guy who's the points leader of the peak race, but it is cool to have the points leader of the peak race come on and talk to us about how it's going and his recent wins and stuff, so that's pretty cool. I'm anxious for my wheel. I can't wait to get it. I'm sick of this G27. I mean, it still works, but I just feel like it's holding me back, and I uh, can't wait to get the new one. Uh, looking forward to the switch that uh, Jesse is building as well, and uh, with that, We'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.